Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And welcome back, rugby fans. Of course, it's that familiar time where myself and the team get together to share all the latest news from around the pitch here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. You'll also have an opportunity to hear from our ranters. We're going to be introducing two new faces. Fresh blood. That's right, Rob. Rookies. Right, it's rookie exactly. night. They earned their first Rugby Rant cap here with the yeah. team today. So... Without further ado, we're going to make sure that we give all this to you and more with starting with Around the Pitch. So, Rob, we have the honors of going back and forth on this one as Scott Ferrara stepped out for today and it gives us a free run at the field. So <laughs> let's give us an opportunity here to remind everybody that myself and Rob, we're going to fire away, quick fire round, what we think is interesting that fans might have not necessarily paid close enough attention to or something that might have flown under the radar or something that we just think you should know about nevertheless. So we're going to start this off and in fact, Rob, I think I'm going to start this one off for the, for the first time here. Uh, we can break all the rules now that Scott's not here, right? <laughs> Anything we want, man. Anything we want. We're already both winners because he's not here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so the first thing I wanted to be able to highlight as we continue the theme of MLR, 50 Cap Club continues to be able to add new members week after week. It's just been a season of milestones in season five of Major League Rugby. And for two more people, they have entered that club. Paul Chulini, Chulini, <laughs> I butchered that one. Paul Cellini from the Toronto Arrows. Uh, now, first of all, this guy, absolute workhorse, right there in the engine room. One of those forwards that's certainly been a part of what they do right from the start with the Toronto Arrows. But his honors go well beyond there to be able to receive eight caps for Canada. Um, just to give you an idea of how much effort this guy has put in, how important he is to the to the Arrows organization. I was looking at the stats, Rob. 50 of the last 54 of all 54 matches the Toronto Arrows have competed in, in MLR, he has been in that match. 50 out of 54, right? He's only missed four games in the history of that side, so definitely deserves his honors. And then next up, Devin Short. Now, I know you're happy to be able to hear this name, Rob, because, of course, he has found his way at NOLA. But it all began, of course, in San Diego. 
what I think is phenomenal about Devin Shaw that people might not realize, this guy has already entered into the 50 cap club, but he's only 23 years old. He might be the youngest one on the list too, Rob. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm sure you, you agree that, you know, he's got a long, long career ahead and he might be the first 100 cap club if we manage to keep him here yeah. on U.S. Uh, uh, soil. But let's hand it over to Rob to hear what else he has to share. Yeah, I, I, you mentioned Devin Short. I'm actually wearing uh, my NOLA Gold jersey in honor of Devin Short and in honor of Cam Dolan, who were, in my mind, it, he was an absolute Iron Man this season. He played in every game, played just about every minute. So um, we we have to be a proud of a few things down there, Nolan, and both those guys are, are part of that. But I want to talk um, a, a bit about um, my Around the Pitch segment. First of all, the MLR has just released information regarding homegrown player identification in the draft. Details are not that clear, and I got to give a little credit to uh, the Goff report um, because he put this out there. But apparently um, it takes a player who is declared as a homegrown player out of the draft process. Now, I don't. I can't go into a lot of detail. I actually had um, a a parent of a player that's going to be out in the draft call me a few weeks ago, um, and the player had the option of being declared as a homegrown talent by the club that they are have been involved in the academy process with, and so the the club was letting the player identify whether they wanted to go into the draft or whether they wanted to be identified as their homegrown talent. And, and again, the, um, the parent was asking me my thoughts and, and what I su- would suggest or what I would think that the parent would do. And probably called me because, again, I'm uh, a parent of a rugby player in college, so wanted a, another parent's perspective, but somebody who knew the league. Um, again, information's not clear, um, but it, what is clear is it's, these players have to be some that's been developed and had resources put into them, um, like an academy team. Here are the concerns. Um, how many exemptions does a team get, right? That could be an issue. You're going to identify 10, 15 guys. I mean, that seems a little much, you know, but do they want to dump resources to players who they know might get away from them? So that'll be interesting how it plays out. And then uh, what does a team have to do to show that they put development and resources into a player? You know, what proof do they have to have? Some other teams might want to draft a player, and may, maybe have to say, hey, show me proof that you put resources into that player. Is it just simply right. on a roster, name on a roster, or, or what? So expect yeah. details to come out, but it's going to be some interesting. That stuff. sounds like you're setting up a pretty good rant for later on. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a couple of different angles, depending on how things are shared and how uh, well it's communicated as well, what the expectations are. Uh, you know, it could it could have pros and cons like anything else. So it'll be an interesting debate to be able to unravel maybe down the road. So thanks for sharing that one there and of course uh we on the rugby round if you're not aware continue year after year to be one of those great sources that will cover it live during the draft it's something we did uh for the first one it's something we did for the uh what we'll do again this year uh so stick around because of course you follow us online you'll know first what that date is and how we'll be sharing that so of course uh we'll be staying very close to that subject where Rob himself finds that very important. As he said, he's so connected to uh, college level rugby through not only through, uh, through his own son, uh, but through uh, many of his friends as well. So let's continue forward as we dive into the news that, well, for the first time, we're talking about history here. For the first time, 
the MLR Championship final will move to the East. This is something really interesting as it steps away from its uh, traditional, I suppose that's what you can call it if it's been in the West most of the time. Um, yeah, and that's because of an upset from the Seawolves who uh, unexpectedly managed to be able to take down their competition of the LA Giltinis at home in the Coliseum, which before that match, most people predicted would be where the final was a second time around. That, of course, the Giltinis were the reigning champions, but that story ended shortly um, once that final whistle had blown this past weekend with Seattle serving the upset against Giltinis, which means that this will now be shared between the Free Jacks, Rugby ATL, or possibly Rugby New York. One of them will decide the next home for the MLR Championship Final. So stick around. That'll be decided this coming weekend. Rob, what else do you have to share with our fans? Well, you know me. I like to talk a little bit about development of rugby, especially at the youth levels. And so I'm going to just talk about something here locally. Again, may not have national appeal, but I would suggest that this is something that might be a model for regional high school developmental side. So the Illinois Tornadoes is a select side here in Illinois. I've coached and been involved with the Illinois Tornadoes in the past. They are, again, having some ID camps here coming up uh, this week. Uh, Preston is actually going to be a a backs coach. And John McGurk, who was the head coach of the D1 championship winning Glen Ellen Ducks, ranked 40 in the nation right now, uh, he's going to be the head coach. Uh, again, you can go to the MLR Fan Zone and look back. Uh, John talked a little bit about their victory when he interviewed them uh, last weekend live. Nevertheless, um, they're going to be playing the Minnesota Selects in Illinois on June 18th. So in about uh, a week and a half, two weeks there. And then they're going to go up to Wisconsin and they play in what's called the Cody Cup. It's been an ongoing tradition, kind of a grudge match between um, the Wisconsin Selects and the Illinois Tornado Selects. That'll be on June 26th. So I'm kind of actually working on seeing if I can get some uh, live coverage of uh, the Illinois match. Potentially, um, I got to see if I can get some of that on TRN. We'll see. Crossing my fingers, I can make those connections and make that happen, um, you know, and hopefully get more publicity right. for rugby here in Illinois. And, and that is what TRN is doing now when you've got these yeah. state uh, finals championships being shared. And, and we hope to be able to see even more of that. You know, that's something that you've championed uh, uh, before, yeah. that we need to see more and more of that level of the game being shared on a platform like TRN. So let's dive into my last one over here. We're going to stay on the theme of rugby development. But this time we're going to go to the under-18s, the U-20s, and the U-23 national side, as it has recently been announced by USA Rugby that they will participate in an international summer series, now known as the Clarendon Series, which will take place in Amsterdam against, well, there's going to be five competitors, the nations of Canada, the U.S. will take up the reins for North America, and then the European contingent will include the Czech Republic, Netherlands itself, of course, Holland, uh, and then Belgium. Now, all of these sides have been recognized as great areas of development for rugby, but in particular, youth development. So it's going to be a wonderful way to be able to expand that and to build on some of those rugby traditions of Europe and bringing in that Northern Hemisphere, sorry, North American competition for the lads here to be able to get some much needed experience overseas. And that's what it's all about, right? Well, you can't get better 
without playing more competition and playing more rugby and getting out there on the field. Um, so the U20, sorry, the U18s and the U20s will participate in three match days. Uh, the tickets are as little as only $7.50 uh, and up to 15 bucks for the whole weekend. It's really nothing. If you are in that neck of the woods, it's great to be able to see some support. But you might even be able to have the opportunity to view it online through the streaming services of Flow Rugby. That is still yet to be determined. But if you have that opportunity, do rugby a favor and tune in for a few moments. Once they see how many people are watching, they'll continue to be able to show more of it. And that means that we have more footage to be able to show the talent that America and Canada has. So let's leave it there for now. And that is what we know and you know as what we call Around the Pitch. And we're going to be back in just a moment. I have one more. You have one more? See, I, I have one more. I just felt like used to like being the guy that like takes it out. I think I did Ends it, it all. That's right. Shot as well. So I'm just being fair. I got to do it to you as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were talking about USA and Canada development. I'm going to talk about USA and Canada women who just recently participated in the first leg of the Pacific four series. Canada won 36 to five, put on a pretty good display it was in New Zealand, so we know that there are going to be successive games here coming up. I'll talk about those in a moment. Absolute rain-soaked affair. It was posted on um, on Facebook, so you can go back. I think it was on the World Rugby's um, Facebook page. You can go back and watch the match. Um, there were a lot of handling errors, as we can't expect when there's a torrential downpour. Canada really used their forwards really well. They scored their first try to open scoring up with uh, you know a kick to the corner, and your traditional rolling mall that scores with your power forwards getting in there and putting it down. Um, that was Olivia DeMarchant on the try. Um, USA was expected to have a lot of speed. They brought a fairly young team. I think there were five new caps on the team. A lot of their players and a few of the Canadian players are still playing in Europe. They weren't released for the, for the uh, international window, but um, you know, that the, the weather slowed down the U S's speed. So, uh, what, what do we have coming up in the successive uh, week here? Uh, June 11th, there's going to be two games, USA versus Australia, 8.15 Eastern time here in the States uh, and in Canada. And then Canada and New Zealand will be on the same day, June 11th, uh, just about two hours and a half later at 10.45 Eastern time. So hopefully they'll have those posted on their Facebook page and the uh, World Rugby Facebook page so everybody can watch the women compete. Um, so expect to see some great competition. Canada's ranked third, so they're looking pretty strong. Right. And of course, this is all a precursor to the World Cup coming up. So uh, this is laying that foundation, much needed experience gained very quickly with this new series that's been introduced. So we hope that fans just like you and I will tune in to be able to watch that as it continues to be able to grow the sport one fan at a time. And as you know, that's what we do here on the Rugby Rant week after week with your help. And we also do so with the help of some sponsors. So we'll be back shortly for the next and first rant of this episode here, episode 98 but not before you hear from one of our sponsors. With over 37 years of experience, American Rugby Outfitters have been dedicated to providing quality rugby gear to those who like to get dirty. The ARO team prides itself in delivering the highest quality rugby gear that will withstand the punishment rugby dishes out. Brands such as Adidas, Barbarian, Gilbert, Canterbury, and Protec will deliver when the game gets tough. Whether you need team uniforms, boots, bags, field equipment, or swag for the Postmaster Social, 
ARO is your source for quality rugby gear. They can set up your club or business with a team store like they did for us to ensure every member looks as good as the pros. If the international game is your vibe, Arrow will carry you across the line with officially licensed gear from the Eagles, Springboks, All Blacks, England, Ireland, and Wales, amongst others. Visit RugbyGear.com and check out all that the folks from American Rugby Outfitters have to offer. Use the code RANT15 to get a 15% discount site-wide. As an added bonus, when the items in your cart are $100 or more, you get free shipping to anywhere in the continental United States. Don't forget to check out our line of Rugby Rant gear available exclusively at RugbyGear.com. Don't forget to use Rant15 to get 15% off your order site-wide. American Rugby Outfitters, dedicated to the toughest demands in the world's toughest game. everybody just a cautionary tale here prior to today's rant we'd like to remind everybody that we record on tuesdays and release on thursdays it gives myself and the boys a chance to edit our episode for proper release obviously the nature of this week's topic the disqualification of gilcrest owned teams from the playoffs has taken on more and greater significance because on tuesday we did learn after recording the episode that the second Gilcrest team has been eliminated or disqualified from the playoffs, and that would be the Giltinis. So we appreciate your support, but we would ask for just a little bit of patience here as the topics discussed uh, has not changed, and certainly some of the implications have not changed. They've just taken on a greater significance when you're talking about two Gilcrest-owned teams being impacted by the most recent decision. So as always, we appreciate your support. Thank you so much for watching. And as always, the Rugby Rant seeks to grow rugby one fan at a time. And welcome back, rugby fans. It's that time again. The part that you all love and have made us famous for is the rugby debates. That is what we call the rants. So again, if you are tuning in for the first time, let me tell you how it works. Each one of these gentlemen here are going to compete against each other with the topic at hand to be what we crown as the top ranter. How do they win that? Well, they simply need to bring forth the best argument, lay out the best points, and at the end of that, we'll find which one makes the most sense. Who decides that? Me as the host for today's activities. And I remind you, my name is Ty Braga, host for today's action. Joining me is Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. In absence of Scott Ferrara, we brought in two guns, right? That's right. We've got William Cully all the way from Northern Ireland, who is also claims to be one of the top New York supporters. Like I said, we upgraded from Scott and we got William Cully. William, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Free upgrade. Great upgrade. I like it. A man, a few words, stern and strong. I like it. Very unlike. He's a rookie and I already like him better than Scott. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I already knew this was going to go well. Joining us as well, we got Alexander Deagle. Now, Alexander, if you're not familiar, you might not recognize his face, but you probably know his writings because this man is certainly one of those that is bringing us all the know as one of the top 
national reporters for the Rugby Network, in addition to his own playing career that includes in the past the Houston Sabercats and also preseason games against Nolo. So really, we have you and your mates to be able to thank for Nolo's success, right? <laughs> yeah, basically, we gave him that first tune-up, uh, you know, that very first game in their history. So yeah, they're welcome for that. Just had to give them a little run <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. All that little magic you bestowed upon them. So uh, the gentleman here, one once again, are going to be talking about the topic at hand. What is that? Well, I think it's pretty obvious that here on the Rugby Rant Pod, we're going to be talking about the speculation that surrounds the recent news that the AGs have been disqualified for the remainder of the season. That means they lose out on their postseason opportunity, which certainly would have easily recognized them with a pathway through onto greater honors, having finished the season technically at 58 points, four points above their nearest competition on any of the logs. So it's maybe a bittersweet end for those fans and players, but we're here to be able to talk about what led to that decision. Now, before we jump into it, we're going to give each of these gentlemen a chance to talk about it. They can come at it at any angle they like to be able to share what they think is important, what we should take note of as fans, and help shed some light on it, perhaps. But it is important to note that Major League Rugby itself has not offered any further explanation except to be able to say that there was a violation of some sort in the league rules. That has left a lot of speculation that has gone across social media. We're here to be able to think what that could be. And to start us off, we hand it over to William Cully. Thanks, guys. Um, so on the issue, obviously, there's a lot of assumptions at the minute that it's basically, you know, like I, I think it's something to do with salary caps. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't know for sure. But, you know, to me, at this stage of the season, I know that there's there's – there's, there's rules and you have to abide by rules and that's important but to me I think the impact on the team um, after all the hard work of the staff and the players and the supporters and everything I thought it was a wee bit a wee bit harsh especially not to release any information on what the problem actually was you know so I think you know I was disappointed to see that um, especially you know at this at this far on in the season to be honest um, you know looking at it from over here, um, where, where I am looking at the at the league, I watch the league quite closely. You know, I participate in the groups quite actively. Um, you know, Major League Rugby's getting more noticed here. It's not um, widespread. You know, obviously, the more keen rugby fans locally would be more aware of it. Anybody that I've spoke to in the type of more advanced rugby level here, maybe from the guys in the rugby, also rugby or something, um, I definitely see that the Major League Rugby's on their radar. So. You know, no doubt this will come across them as well, um, because you know obviously the league is starting to get a lot of Irish players and players from the UK and stuff traveling over. So you know, and uh, like one of the reasons, I was, uh, if it is a salary cap issue, you know, that has pros and cons. You know, so if you're trying to grow a league, you know the guys have played very well. You know, it's it's been a very enjoyable season to watch them. Um, don't think that should have been punished. To be honest, if that was the reason, because look at what it resulted in. I understand that you you want to try and grow domestic players. You know, I'm very very keen to see that. You know, I'd love this. I think US rugby is a sleeping giant, and I've been watching it for twenty years since I was a teenager. Um, but you know, trying to grow the domestic game is going to need influx of talent, and talent costs money. So talent costs money. You know, and not even to talk about 
what the experience that the domestic players will get from those guys. So it's a real balancing act. You know, is it a is it a big deal? Is it not a big deal? From me watching afar, I like watching the local players. I want to see 13, 14 players on a pitch being from the US, even in Canada. But um, you know, at the same time, I want to see big names going over there. I want to see, you know, your Chris Robshaws and all the Ben Fodens and all the rest of them who go over who go over there to help try and boost the game. So if you have salary caps, you're going to limit that. And especially when the team's performing so well, um, I think it was a bit harsh if that was the reason. I can't really understand what else it may be. Um, but that's kind of where I sit on it. But I, I'm on the other side of the fence that I think, you know, with positive play and positive performance and obviously a big, strong rugby operations there and well-financed, I wouldn't punish it from my perspective. Um, and I think the local community in Austin, like all season, it was mentioned early on in the season that they're, that all their promotion and all their um, all the hype and the buzz and the, the, the online content they did, it was fantastic, you know what I mean? So, you know, this is very disappointing end of the season after all that, for me anyway, so. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that would agree with you that certainly it's disappointing for a couple of different reasons. It's disappointing that we have to be able to punish a team that is certainly done well a lot to be able to elevate the sport the players the fans there's a lot to be able to lose there's a lot of reason to be disappointed but it seems like you certainly feel more than most of the reasons out there that it's most likely connected to the salary cap but it's an assumption it's an assumption yeah Yeah. And, and and there's a lot of people who might agree with that assumption though too you know, there's been a lot of speculation online through this MLR fan zone group, through the uh, specific yeah. uh, fan groups as well. You know, and I'm curious to hear what the rest of the gang might think here. So let's hand it over to Alex. Yes, thank you, Ty, and thank you for that intro. Uh, to be clear, it's the two MLR preseason games I played in. I don't want to be uh, accused of taking any stolen valor there, but now on to the task <laughs> at hand. Um yeah, so as soon as the news broke, um, as, as you said in the intro, I'm a national reporter, so I've got contacts with all the teams across the league, both official and just kind of, I guess you could say, satellite contacts. So I started beating down doors, trying to find out everything I could on the record, off the record. So I put this somewhere in between, um, somewhere in between assumption and fact, between on who, I've, who I've talked to. Um, so yeah, I can pretty much say it is salary cap issues. Uh, you know, what I've been told is the violation specifically pertained to uh, teams can have two on-cap players per team and that Austin had more than those two on-capped players. Um, uh, so when I say on-capped, I mean players that aren't going to affect the salary cap. Um, so what I, that was what I was told, that they had more than that allotment, and therefore the hammer, no pun intended, Rob, was dropped upon them. Um, and, yeah, does it feel harsh? Yes, but that's on the outside looking in, right? Um, maybe they were warned once, twice, three times. They ignored. That's, again, that one's purely speculation. Nobody's told me that. Oh, that's a definite possibility. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's a definite possibility. You know, just kind of putting the uh, uh, fighting in the, in the devil's corner on the, on the league side there, because I think everybody thinks it seems to be harsh, but maybe there were warnings given. We just don't know about them. Mm-hmm. Where I come from, um, like I said, it's all somewhere between speculation and fact there. Uh, where, where I come from and outside of my uh, reporting background, I do have a little bit of a PR and crisis management. And it's just from the league's PR standpoint, it's PR 101 to get out in front of it and control right. the narrative, right? Because if you don't control the narrative, 
Then you have people like me. You have people just online. Spreads like wildfire. Spreading rumors. um, Guessing. Doing their best to try to be internet sleuthers. Hey, that's our best work on you. The unfortunate thing is, because now, um, you know, if this was kind of a, a one-off, then you kind of say, okay, it's a growing league. Unfortunately, and you'll never find a bigger proponent for the league and wanting just success- rugby to be successful in America than me. The unfortunate thing is now there's a track record of not getting out in front of these crises. Um, you look back to earlier this season with rugby ATL, right? Like, what broke back-to-back with very little information? Scott Lawrence stepped down. A player right. unnamed at that time. Yeah, was change your ownership. Yeah. What happened with the internet rumors, right? People were like, oh, are these connected? Was Scott covering for the person who's now suspended? This is mm-hmm. one of the most respected men in USA rugby that through no fault of his own, and we'd have found out those two things were not related at all. Through no fault of his own, his name was getting kind of dragged through the mud is that he might have been yeah. covering for this player that was suspended. Yeah, you know, you bring some really good points there. Sorry, finish your thought. All right, I was just going to say, you're a professional league. Unfortunately, as you're growing, crises are going to happen. The important thing is to get out there and tell the story so that people know, so that things aren't getting worse by not saying anything. Right. And there's so many people that would agree with you, myself and Rob included, that we've honestly uh, several times spoken about transparency being one of the key things to be able to create and fix in MLR. Fans wanted this. You know, it goes back even farther to other seasons. We were at the front of trying to be able to share the expansion team of Canaloa when that debate was going on and their expansion bid and then it was in and then it wasn't and then there was this and then there was that. Um, Fans, rightly so, deserve more. Right, sure. And if you want them to be engaged and invest in the league, share this with them. Don't keep them in the dark. They're so passionate that they want to be able to learn more. What do you expect they're going to do? As you pointed out, Alex, they're going to head on to uh, the online communities. They're going to fuel this fire. They're going to come up with the speculation. The wheel's going to keep turning. The rumor mill is going to work in a hyperdrive. But you have the ability to control the story just by sharing the right information. Now, there's a legal implication to it. I don't know. Again, you can still share something. So it seems like that comes as one of the biggest takeaways in your piece there that I'm enjoying that you brought it into the limelight here, that you made it stand out. The second thing is that you agreed that you believe, like William, it is probably related to the salary cap. And again, that echoes what many people online are also saying. So while it's the rumor mill, there must be some truth to it. And where there's smoke, there's often fire. So and lawyers. hand it over to oh, and, sorry, lawyers. and lawyers. And lawyers, like I said, like I said, there's probably legal stuff there. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. And then also you gotta throw in the fact that if one has been caught, you gotta do a whole league-wide audit too. So everybody's gonna be dragged through the moat, all of their books are gonna be opened up, everybody's gonna share everything. Who knows what else we find? Right? Uh, so let's hand it over to Rob Hamishman. I didn't mean to take the limelight the longer than I had it. No, no worries. So Getting into this, first of all, I'd like to pick up where Alex uh, left off a bit in the sense that what's the perception, and we'll talk a little bit about it from the European sense there in in Ulster, Northern Ireland. But, you know, I think one of the most frustrating things, and I love the MLR, and I'm one of the biggest proponents. I just really felt like during that COVID year where there was kind of time away from the game that there could have been a lot of things put in place um, 
to determine operationally how the league was going to move forward when things like this happen. It was a great opportunity to identify what are your values? How are you going to deal with problems? What are you going to, you know, what's going to be at the core of how you operate as an institution? We know that the NFL has problems in this regard, right? Um, They've had it and they, they, they time and time again, step on their own feet. So having said that, I think my frustration is the lack of clarity and information that's coming out. Now, I want to be careful here because I would say this. I don't need to know all the details. I don't need to know the names of the players. I don't need to know how much they're, you know, they're, they're over the cap. Tell me what rule they broke, you know, what policy was violated. Tell me that, you know, the team had been warned on numerous occasions. And as a result, here's this heavy, what many people deem to be a heavy handed um, um, you know, uh, consequence. So I think that's, that's where I would come at it, right? Give us some basic information that, that, that prevents us from speculating about, yeah. you know, auxiliary cap issues, um, you know, potentials for, you know, where gift cards handed out and, and that created uh, mm-hmm. some salary issues, you know, because those were all the, the rumors going around in the internet. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move- Let's move on to the, the 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 litigation and rumor, and there's an injunction. You know that stuff takes time, and yet time is not something that the league has on their side because there's going to be playoffs this weekend that would have implications for a few teams, including um, the AGs, if they were allowed to be involved. So I'm just going to suggest this. I guess I would say, okay, Gilly, you, you know, if if indeed there is any kind of litigation he's you know asked for an injunction he's hired his lawyers make a deal gilly have your two teams play the ags and the guiltinis play against one another i don't care where it is put it the home the ags maybe the penalties at the coliseum whatever they play each other and then the winner of of houston and seattle play one another and that's the conference final and that way there's some face saved for both sides and you eliminate maybe some legal challenges that could cause a lot of problems, um, you know, in a PR sense for the league. It's an interesting idea and an interesting prospect. Um, The hammer plan. You heard it here first. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I get the idea that there's some parity in, you know, AGs and guillotinis, you know, you know, and this is kind of cost a, a really big shadow across the league though, too, you know, so how far and wide reaching is it? How deep is it? Once we open up this can of worms, really, where does it end? Um, so, gentlemen, I, I want to kind of throw it out there. What are some of the bigger consequences, the unintended consequences, as Rob likes to be able to phrase it, of this? Well, the biggest, some of the big, one of the biggest things probably is they're going to start searching for other teams. You know, is it happening elsewhere? You know, there's some big, bigger coaches coming in and different players, and there's obviously – as I said, more people are looking at it now, more people are probably wanting to come, wanting to go over to the America to, to join the MLR. And you know, if there's issues like this, they're going to start they're, they're going to start hunting for issues now, and you know, and it'll make it'll make it more visible, and it'll make a lot more th- it'll make it all, all a lot more squeamish. Um, I think it's from that type of whistleblower type thing. I think it's a bit of a risk. Yeah, yeah you know, and, and this isn't isolated. I also just want fans to know this isn't isolated to to Major League Rugby. I mean, no. the Premiership has its most recent uh, uh, scandal with the Saracens. Saracens, almost, yeah. almost right. in a similar sort of scenario. Not the same, but also, uh, uh, I think it was it was definitely salary cap related, but I can't remember in which yeah. way. Compensation. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. but there yeah, was definitely paid. infringements in multiple yeah. areas. Um, and then only down the road did we discover that there were multiple warnings, there were red flags, there were yeah. discussions, and there still weren't corrections, often because they yeah. were locked into contracts with yeah. those players, and you can't just change yeah. them, right? right? But if you look at the quality of some of those players, you know, with, with paying them that money, you get that talent, you know, and that's what right. Saracens were doing. Saracens were building a high-performing team, something that was going to win trophies, and unfortunately, obviously, this must have stepped over a line and pushed boundaries, but you know, it's it's uh, teams are going to do it. It is going to happen. It's inevitable. Do you know what I mean? It's inevitable in every single league. But unfortunately, now this is the first time in MLR, you know, next year and the year after that and the year after that. Like, is this going to be something we're going to see more often, especially in a fast growing league like this? Yep. Yeah. I'd like to touch on a few of these higher overarching points. I'd like to take one minute just to say, uh, just voice my kind of gut-wrenching i feel for the players i'll put it that way i haven't yeah, even out put that out yet yeah. as i've been trying to put my reporter hat on but if i putting putting my boots back on i would be beyond livid to be one yeah. of those players that has right. nothing to do with this salary cap management issue. It has nothing to do with the front office they've been putting their sweat blood and tears on the ground and as as i said before we hopped on you know i don't have you know i try to keep bias out of it i i really like that Austin team and who I, who I've talked to, talked to their official PR guy, their you know coach Sam Harris, Isaac Ross, Jamie McKenz- McIntosh, rather, uh, great guy. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And, and that team's really been working to come up and make something of itself after having a few unsuccessful years at the beginning, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as kind of keeping it back to our points here, uh, you know, my bigger my biggest concerns moving forward are, as you guys touched on, what are we going to do with the rest of the salary cap issues? Like it's kind of to this point been a known thing of like, like everybody's cheating. <laughs> yeah. You just yeah. turned a blind eye because you knew that it was still yeah. building the product. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I, you know, I talked to a player and he's just gotten off the plane and he's shopping for a $60,000 car for his family. And he's like, Oh, it's a stipend. I'm like, oh, it's just called buying you a car. Um, <laughs> creative uh, accounting at right work. exactly so that's just been going so now what is this violation that's so much worse than everybody else is doing and now how are you going to draw the line between that's 
cheating, that's circumventing the cap too far versus not. Mm. It just gets really dangerous, I think, when you just, like I said, drop right. this hammer to not a fine, not a loss of a draft pick, but disqualification yeah. from playoffs as a potential, as yeah. ended up being the one seed. Yeah. And, and secondly, moving forward, you know, from your perspective, William, in Ireland and, you know, just rugby around the world in talking to these guys, everybody's excited about MLR. It's the great yeah. curiosity right now. What does yep. this do as we're seeing two, as I just mentioned, two New Zealand All Blacks directly uh, involved with this in Jamie and Isaac? What does this do for the world rugby perspective? Who are they yeah. going to talk to and say, this is BS. This isn't what I thought it was. And guys, and one of the things that it's obviously the, you know, the, it's, it's the white elephant sitting in the corner. Everybody expects in MLR and American rugby that the U.S. was going to be this big money nation at some point. You know, you know, at some stage, everybody's going to be paying massive stadiums in New York and Seattle and you know, in LA and everything else. You know, that was expected. So you know, if there's if there's money issues and salary caps, like, it'd be one of those things that's easy forgiven because everybody's expecting it. You know, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't, be, I would be surprised if some team was paying a fortune for players. Good, you know, hope they do because I want them to bring in the best players to play with the. The wee lads are in the corner who, who's going to learn off Quaid Cooper and Nanu and people like that there. But you know, it's expected. So I'm I'm surprised they're making a big deal out of a money issue in, in America. Well, and and I'm going to jump in here. You know, I think Alex, you brought up a great point. You know, I reached out to Sam Harris just to offer my um, encouraging thoughts. You know, I didn't want to get into it. Didn't want to inquire. I, it was too raw for me. But I wanted to at least, you know, because I, I've had many exchanges with him privately, and and he's a good man, and I felt awful for him, uh, fought off awful for um, Dewall, uh, Michael Dewall, who, you know, uh, I know from LU. But you know, harken back to um, the show that the AGs put out recently, and what was one of the things that the GM was asked to do when they were making a run for the playoffs and they knew that they were going to be right on the cusp of maybe missing out is Gilly contacted them and said, let's get another player. Let's get a guy at fullback. Let's bring in somebody who's going to be the difference maker, that X factor that can put it over the hump here as we make this final run. And yeah, I forgot. I think it was Sam Harris said, you know, Adam, we can't just do that. That's, that's not how this league works. Um, and so when you think about that now in conjunction with this, with this concept, you know, we saw Brocky come in, we saw Dominguez come in, um, you know, are, are we shocked by this? Now, moving forward, uh, I had a conversation with an a, with a GM and the GM said, you know, I just wish we'd get rid of this auxiliary cap, right? The 500,000. It's, it's too convoluted and confusing. Yeah. It's too awkward. Yeah. Right. Because salaries are paid through the league. So yep. while it was salary related, salaries are paid by the league. So we know it wasn't directly salary related. Like, hey, somebody's getting fifty thousand, and they're only supposed to get forty-five. That right. wasn't what's right. happened because the league pays those. The league writes the checks. But um, you know, this GM said basically, give us a hundred thousand, you know, a million dollar salary cap, and the league yep. can pay out through that. And and then we don't get, we don't have to house the players. They have a little bit more money to find their own housing, can make their own choices with respect to some of, you know paying those, you know, a uh, cost of living bills, whatever it is, just make a cap. That's all. That's what we get. 
and then we pay it out. And that is and, one of the big questions right now among uh, yeah. fans is, is it time to have that serious conversation that we need to be able to raise the salary cap? Now, some people speculate, why do we have a salary cap altogether? There yeah. are many merits. There are some cons, <laughs> certainly in both arguments, in both camps, that you, you know, you'll have good and you'll have bad. But right now, what we have to be able to deal with is what is in place. And I like what Alex had said, is that it's kind of been an unknown, unspoken thing that this has been going on. You know, you can go back to why, um, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the Colorado Raptors decided to be able to exit was for many of these same reasons, right? Mm-hmm. They already saw this coming down the road that you would not be able to compete against a side that just had deeper yep. pockets than you. It would be about who could buy the best team, not who had to train the best team, which only continues to reinforce uh, you know, the fears from American and Canadian rugby fans that we're not developing our own talent if we keep buying in others. So there's this debate that has swirled around of it and there's so many different directions, but really at the core of it might be the interesting question, is the salary cap real? And if so, how do we fix it? Right? And those are That's some a of rant the for another day, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gentlemen, yeah. it has been yeah. an interesting debate here though. As we head out of this piece, I want to be able to thank all of you for jumping in and giving us your uh, two cents. It has been absolutely valuable, way more than the two cents. But you are certainly echoing some of the many fears that rugby fans are having right now. Some of the considerations as to where it may go from here is still yet to be decided. We don't know, but we're going to be following it very closely here on the Rugby Rant. And you can continue to follow us as we learn more under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod on all social media flat platforms. And of course, get you can get our additional content every week on our new home at patreon.com, also under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. Now I turn my attention to our guests here, William. Alexander, you have both been tremendous guests to be able to have. You've offered some great insight. You've given Rob Hamishman a run for his money. Um, and I want to be able to throw it over to you as it's a bit of a tradition here on the Rugby Rant with all of our newcomers, with all of our guests. We give the mic back to you for a moment to send a shout out to anybody you think is important, maybe an old rugby club or maybe a special cause you want to draw attention to. William, we'll start with you. Yeah. No worries, guys. Listen, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was great fun. Um, just want to make a shout out to obviously I'm a massive MLR fan watch it very very closely but I just want to give a shout out to the guys in the Tacoma Nomads in Washington um, I, was, I had the pleasure of playing for them one time I still support the team from afar and I hope those guys do well this season and they're, they're training well but um, again thanks for having me on guys really appreciate it thanks for coming in and, and short notice because Scott couldn't be with us because of an emergency I Got William, and, and he was he was a, an absolute uh, champion in joining us tonight. Right. No and it's like 3 keep in mind you. that he's in the UK, so it's probably about what what time is it? Two, three a.m. It's about three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. yeah. If you had a, if I had a found it about two minutes later, I wouldn't have been here. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, this is a perfect example of great rugby fans, right? Two a.m. He gets a call like, "Hey, want to join us?" Sure. Why not? I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you again. Let's hand no it over to Alexander. Who did you want to send a shout out to? Anything special you think fans should know about? Sure, absolutely. Uh, to my uh, current and hometown club, Old Gaelic Rugby, if the uh, paraphernalia behind me wasn't enough. Uh, also shout out a couple of my uh, former clubs and teams, uh, Potomac Exiles and those Capital Selects, who I, who I mentioned I did play those preseason MLR games with. Uh, 
And um, yeah, if I could just selfishly shout out, you want some more rugby scoops, follow me at twitter.com slash Alexander Deagle. Self-promotion is totally allowed here. Has <laughs> <laughs> to be done. Um, so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> rugby rat, rugby rat, rugby rat, rugby rat. <laughs> <laughs> so again, gentlemen, you know how it goes. It's time to be able to crown a top ranter for today. Now, having listened to all the arguments, it seemed that we all tend to agree that it most likely is pointing in the direction of salary caps, although not necessarily the salary cap itself, but what is outside of that, what is unspoken about, what is not within the boundaries that have been laid out, and have they been laid out and have they actually been communicated we don't know but we know one of the important points is we wish there was more transparency from the league for the fans to be able to recognize what is that violation how do we understand it and where do we go from here and does it have even deeper repercussions into the next season Uh, as we can also assume this puts them in last place in the league i don't think it's officially been decided as such uh, but that affects their also their picks in the the upcoming draft perhaps who knows right we don't know what that might look like for them a couple of months down the road but what we do know here right now is that we agree that it is most likely linked in some way to the salary caps and we all agree that it is a shame that the rugby players and fans also have to lose that and everybody in that organization who has done a great job to be able to build rugby in a new market and of course take that club from uh, where it was to something great so time has come I'm going to crown a winner. And on this occasion, I'm going to hand it to Alex. Oh, well. Thank you. <laughs> much appreciated. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. I hope to be on again. Um, you know, great stuff you guys are putting out. And, and this is a lot of fun. Well, I, I thank you very much again, joining us uh, here and sharing your insights. I'm sure that we'll be able to have you and both uh, you and William back shortly. Uh, William, I can't promise it'll be at a better time, though. No problem. That's fine. That's... <laughs> no worries, boys. <laughs> All right, so there you have it, rugby fans. Another great rugby debate in the bag for episode 98 here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. Stick around because we have more as you have the opportunity in our run, pass, or kick interview to learn more about the Collegiate Shield with one of the MLR Insiders assistant coach to the Utah Warriors named Nick Culling. (laughs) assistant gm i got it right of course i did the old what did you call it uh old man syndrome it just slips your mind at the last second again stick around because we'll be back after a few words from one of our sponsors thank you Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, and it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark barrel-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. 
Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. And here we are, rugby fans. It's time for the run, pass, or kick interview with your team again here from the Rugby Rant. Now, a quick reminder, run, pass, or kick. Right? That's what I said, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right. Rob's throwing me off with like point, point no, here again. <laughs> this time I'm pipping us again. <laughs> All right. So enough about us and what we do. More yeah. importantly, who is here to join us? And now... It's been seldom, but we managed to be able to track down one of the great Utah Warriors staff to be able to be here with us today. We have Nick Colling, Assistant General Manager of the Utah Warriors. Nick, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate your podcast. Can't wait to pass a lot and well actually kick a lot to both of you so. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. The challenge has been set forward. So again, uh, a quick reminder for those of you that have not seen what we do here on the Run, Pass, or Kick interviews and what makes it interesting, it's best I hand you over to my colleague, Rob Hammerschmidt, to let you know why it's so cool. Thanks, Ty. And again, Nick, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have somebody of your station in the league join the Rugby Rant podcast show and the Run, Pass, or Kick interview. And for fans that are out there who have never seen the Run, Pass, or Kick interview style, it works like this. We're going to throw some questions at Nick. We're going to prompt each question with run, pass, or kick. Nick's going to go ahead and tell you, the fans, what he's going to be doing with the question. If he chooses to run with it, he's going to go ahead and answer it, going to take it on the hoof and uh, answer the question straight away. If he chooses to pass a question, it means he wants to stay out of the uh, sights of his boss, Brandon Sparks. And so he's going to let that question go unanswered, or he can have a lot of fun with us, put us on the back foot, make us work, And he can kick a question, which is to say that we're going to answer in a way that we think Nick would answer. And he can make us work a little bit by figuring out who's going to answer it. Whoever asked the question generally will answer it. Or he can direct his kick to either Ty or myself to see if we're sleeping on the job. And we'll go ahead and answer the question. And, And Nick always has the welcome mat open if he wants to go ahead and provide some context. If he wants to tell tell us we were shite, if he wants to tell us that we were spot on, or if he wants to provide any more background information, it's always welcome. So, Nick, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge, my friend? Most definitely. I'm ready for a good boot today. I'm joking. All right. I'll, I'll get some runs in there. <laughs> Sweet ass. <laughs> Hey, rugby fans, once again, thank you for tuning in and watching us here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. As a friendly reminder, what we do here can certainly not be done week after week without the help of some great partners, one of which deserves a highlight here with Shop MLR, now powered by RugbyNow.com. They are certainly the leaders when it comes to everything Major League Rugby related for you as the fan. So make sure you go and check them out today at shopmlr.com. And their deliveries may ship the very same day. And you could have your kit ready for the next game day. All right. So. I'm going to start us off with the first question here. Um, 
I, you know, I'm an old guy. Uh, I'm not a young buck like yourself, but I have a LinkedIn profile and I was checking out your LinkedIn profile. I think I even uh, friended you, by the way, which you gladly accepted, perhaps hastily accepted. I'm not sure which. But nevertheless, in your profile, it indicates that you work to create study advanced analytics that includes economics. And you said you believe that pairing these two will lead organizations to better salary cap decisions. So run, pass, or kick. Nick, is your favorite movie Moneyball? Uh, we'll run with that. Uh, it's definitely, I love Moneyball. Uh, I grew up watching it, and I believe I was like 12 when it came out, something like that, uh, when the actual entire entire Oakland A's thing went along. Uh, 2002, I guess I was three years old. So definitely did not live through it, but uh, lived in the post part of it with the movie and everything. And ultimately, like, why I love it so much is it just has a different mindset in terms of baseball. And I always watched that and I was like, this is what I want to do when I grow up. And here I kind of am doing it. Uh, we always joke at the Utah Warriors, me and Brandon Sparks, with people that uh, we're trying to make the rugby version of Moneyball. And, uh, well, he says that because in that scenario, he gets to be Brad Pitt. And I, <laughs> you're Jonah Hill then? You're Jonah Hill? <laughs> yeah, so uh, in that instance. You the raw end of the deal, my friend. Yeah, it, at the end of the day, it's the only chance Brandon Sparks gets to be able to say he's Brad Pitt or gets played by Brad Pitt. So I let him have it. He gets a few wins that way, but I get plenty of others uh, in any other way I want. Awesome. Yeah, and you know, it's such an important point uh, to be able to look at rugby through a different lens, to be able to view it from different angles. And this is how we take a giant leap forward. Um, but, you know, I want folks to be able to recognize just for a moment what some of your background is and how it's applicable and why this is important to you, that strategy. Uh, so I'm going to give folks a bit of a highlight here. So you are, as we know it, uh, we mentioned a moment ago, responsible for the advanced statistics and analytics processing that helped the Utah Warriors uh, make some really great finishes in previous seasons. Um, and this has been critical to kind of understanding who goes into the field, forming the roster, salary cap implications, as you mentioned a moment ago. Uh, but a lot of this is 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 kind of just really a little bit of a glimpse, the tip of the iceberg for you. I learned that you are also the youngest, correct me if I'm wrong, the youngest player agent registered to the NBA. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I uh, became certified at 21, uh, fresh out of my undergrad, uh, just starting my master's degree at Georgetown and went right into it and decided why not. And yeah. So here's a guy that inspired by Moneyball, uh, registered to the NBA, and ends up in rugby. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit of an unorthodox path, my friend. (laughs) Look at me. I also, uh, my favorite sport's golf for the sheer fact that I can drive in a golf cart and don't have to run anywhere. So I love it. Simple (laughs) dreams, easy to achieve. (laughs) but let's let's dive into the next question here uh and as we continue forward we're definitely going to learn more about nick calling here and we're going to put it into the test in the run parcel kick interview so run parcel kick my friend you have also indicated that you were a contestant on the gm school now have you uh sorry how valuable was this experience to your role as an assistant gm with the utah warriors in your opinion 
Well, uh, it was actually just about one year ago in which the uh, GM school, I guess I better say I'm going to run with it, obviously. Sure. Uh, but uh, uh, it was about one year ago in which I was part of the GM school with the NBA. Uh, one of the hosts of it was uh, CJ McCollum, guard for now the uh, New Orleans Pelicans now, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I was picked as a contestant and basically the major focus of the the uh, show was around sports analytics, and so kind of paired that together, being able to articulate analytics in a way that fans would be able to understand, and then at the same time prepare me for instances like this where I have to go under the gun with two professionals in the, their own ranks. You flatter us. You give us way too much credit. Way too much credit. <laughs> Anything I can give you, I'm going to give it to you. So We're not going to go easy on you. <laughs> Ty's a professional. I'm a hack. That's just how it is. Hey, maybe you're a professional hack. It's still a professional. A professional hack. I'll take that. I'll take that. Absolutely. So, um, you know, again, kind of looking a little bit of your background, obviously, as your role as assistant GM, you do a lot of analytics. And again, we'll get into some of that. But the, I believe it's the Warriors website credits you with, with having originated the Collegiate Rugby Shield. Um, so run, pass, or kick. What was your rationale for creating this event? Uh, I'm going to run with that. Uh, it goes back to the fact that I uh, grew up in Utah my whole entire life, and we have dry heat here. And Brandon <laughs> Sparks took me on a couple scouting trips, and we went to Michigan. We went to St. Charles, Missouri, and they both had way too much humidity for me. And I said, why don't we bring them here so we don't have to travel elsewhere and deal with this humidity? And so we thought there had to be a better way than just simply putting some guys through a couple 20-meter dashes and a couple T-drills, those type of things. It was like, there has to be a better way. Not only that, who really knows what a player's worth off of a few athletic kind of combine-type events? So we really wanted to steer away from just combines and kind of help professionalize college rugby in the sense of not like actual professional type stuff in terms of paying, but professionalism in which we're going to put a game out there that's going to be broadcasted to the entire world, something that these players haven't been able to deserve for their entire careers that they've worked effortlessly day in and day out, trying to perfect their craft to get to the MLR level. We wanted to be able to give them a way that they can showcase in a game to the fans what they're made of so that the fans can sit at home and say, oh, I know who Eric Napowski is, who Dallas picked. That's a really good pick. I know who Tavite Lopetti is. That was a really good pick. Oh, now he's with USA. That makes perfect sense. I watched him play. Those type of things. Like, we just want to keep growing the league and then just rugby as a whole uh, to make it something that's closer resemblance to what we know here in America with the NFL, the NBA, the MLB and stuff. It's, it's interesting that you say that, Nick, because we've done now two years running a draft show. And it's one of the things that I've really enjoyed because I, you know, and maybe it's just my connection with my own son being in college, playing for a, a high profile program. I've just taken a key interest in, in, young players and i and and i want to see american players continue to develop in this american league uh what's what's interesting to me is is i looked at a lot of game film that these players have put out and 
they kind of show the highlights, right? The, the, this, the, this run and that run and, and then run again, and then a, a fourth run and then a fifth run and then, you know, a try and then another run. And I'm, and I'm sitting there looking at it going, Hey boss, you're a hooker. I want to see a throw, right? Hey, I, I'd like to see some tackles. Hey, you're a back row player. Do you ever get a poach? And the beauty of what you're trying to do is GMs, coaches can go there to Harriman and actually see players in the real world playing experience. And I think that, you know, some guys are just not highlight guys, but you watch them work up and down the field and you go, that's a guy that can add a little something to my roster. Right. Not a lot of the work always gets the glory, you know? Right. Yeah. Like within our analytics system, skipping ahead a little bit, but we always like everyone, we have like our high school Academy teams in which all these players, they never want to pass because I want to score the try. I want to score the try. That's the glory. Everybody gives the glory to the try score. It's like, there's so many other things that go into us. Try you're, when you're on the field, you're one fifteenth of a player. In the case of the Utah Warriors, at times maybe one thirteenth if we're playing LA at some point. But uh, <laughs> um, you're one fifteenth of the team, and everything that goes into a try has something to thank for. Some somebody, at least somebody else on the field, if not almost every single other person on your team. And so we really like. It's cool to have a highlight film. Yeah, it's nice to easily digest three minutes of highlights. But at the end of the day, the reason a team's going to fall in love with a player and really like prom- really bank their future on a player is because of that film that they're able to watch and be like, wow, this kid really works hard. And that's somebody like we have on our team, Emerson Pryor. Like one of the major things we saw with him and his uh, film scouting him for the draft was he had an amazing return to action we believe that he's a new age problem, which he is all about this ability to get up off the floor Mm -hmm. real quick. Back in the action really fast, right? You're ready to recycle, ready to run the ball, do all these different things that in kind of more traditional sense of rugby, it's like, oh, we need a good set piece scrum. We need a good set piece prop that really going to solidify our our scrum it doesn't really matter what they do on the field rest of the time they just need to make sure that they're cleaning out the ruck when needed but other than that uh it's they kind of get lost so that's why someone like emerson Pryor definitely stood out and we really think he was a quite valuable pick at the third right. round draft pick because he started multiple games for us yeah and on that note you know, talking about the, the the young talent that you have and the next generation that's coming, again, we have another uh, a very well another iteration of the uh, MLR draft coming up. A lot of people are curious as to what goes on behind closed doors when you think about who you're going to pick. I mean, you get the film, you get that, and you just point out, you know, you're looking for something uh, particular or maybe you're looking for those skills that, that you know, fill a gap in your team. But really, the question is to you, what data are you looking for in this next draft? I mean, really, it comes to what we need. Uh, I was talking to Rob earlier, and we kind of can look at our roster and see certain ages of certain players and be like, okay, in a few years, we're going to need someone in like the hooker position. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recently had so Chad kind of like aging out and what's the next generation. We had Chad Goff retire and right. we were like, okay, we will probably be needing a hooker in the next couple of years. And 
although we had great production out of our draft picks this year, starting multiple games, coming off the bench in Joey Baki's case, uh, Connor Burns making a case for possibly rookie of the year with all that he did, starting over Mike, the player of the year last year, Mikey Teo. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Uh, we don't expect them to come out of the gates that fast, uh, but we love it if they do. And so really what it looks like is more of a multi-year developmental plan in which we can see these players and continue to work on their craft and having coaches like Sean Davies and uh, Robbie Abel to help in that, who are also just coming out of their professional careers or in Robbie Robbie Abel's case, still in it. They still know that kind of what they need to do uh, to continue to develop. And that development focus helps us guide over multiple years that we can say, okay, this is a position we need. We're going to really focus on these positions this year. Yeah, and and we're going to get into some of those draft picks. I can't, I'm glad you brought those three guys up. You've named all three of your draft picks right off the bat. Um, you know, uh, obviously with uh, Baki, Emerson, Pryor, Bernsey, we'll have a question coming in a little bit about that, so everybody should stick around. Hit the Patreon because you'll get that one later for our Patreon content. I don't want to get it up, give it up all the way, you know, right away. So it's uh, at any rate, um, but I want to get into the next question. So we talked a little bit about the fact that as a part of the shield players are going to be in an actual match. I think there's going to be 50 players that are selected to be involved in this. Um, they're being, uh, they'll, they'll manage their own way out, but once they arrive, they're going to be taken care of by the Utah Warriors, not only put up in housing, but also taken care of as far as their food and other necessities, which is incredible opportunity for a young player um, when looking to break into the league. But aside from, so run pass or kick, aside from the actual match, what other experiences are draftees going to encounter on the weekend to help them progress to that next level of professionalism? Oh, most definitely. I'm going to take this with a run because this is something we pride ourselves with this event is this isn't just a event that it's like, cool, we're going to play a game. Come, uh, let's just play a game. It's hard to play rugby with players that you've never played with before. And maybe some of these guys are teammates. Uh, Obviously, Lindenwood's going to have their fair share of invites, Uh, your St. Mary's, Life, et cetera, these big schools. But if you get a kid from, I don't know, Grand Canyon University or uh, even these big name schools in the American mindset, but like Ohio State, uh, these other schools, it's hard to really come through a mesh. And so what we have provided is not only you're going to come here and stay on our dime because you shouldn't have to pay for this. Uh, we want to help you get to your dream and we don't want to want you to pay an arm and a leg to do it, but you're going to be put through multiple days of training under some of the top young uh, coaches in the ranks right now. Uh, one being Tui Osborne who helped St. Bonaventure uh, obviously to some great successes over the past few years. And so learning under them and beginning to build a professional develop or professional environment so they understand what it means to be in the MLR. And it's not an instance where it's like, cool, I'm drafted, now what? You know all the information, uh, what it's like going to be in contract negotiations, those type of things. Like basically a baseline camp for everybody to get to the next level and then also be able to showcase. And that also goes with these coaches that we're bringing in. 
uh, we want to make sure that they're providing we're providing them a uh, ability to showcase their abilities as coaches to get to the next level. May it be at the assistant coach level, maybe eventually a head coach. Uh, but yeah, so players can expect to go through trainings and then also professional development courses in which we're going to have business professionals, uh, local leaders uh, come and talk to these players, talk about what it means to be an adult uh, outside of the college rings because it's definitely a wake-up call to some people. And then what is life after rugby? Because it doesn't last forever. It's a sad reality. Um, back to Moneyball, I think the quote is, uh, one day we're all told we can't play the child's game anymore. Some of us are told at 12. Others are told at 40. Well, but we're all told at some time. So when that does come, what are you after? Uh, that's one of our philosophies with the Utah Warriors is not only building great rugby team, uh, building great athletes, but building even better men to go out there and continue into society and keep growing the game through just basically right. proving themselves as great people. I, I love that that is kind of at the core of what you're trying to do. You know, it's a wonderful philosophy and hopefully it echoes across the entire sport, across all the nations, because as you say, these are young men that really are going into the next chapter in their life. And for many of them, it may still kind of include rugby, but what if it doesn't? Um, you know, they're getting a great education, complete that. And the MLR draft has continued to be able to show the importance of that, you know, finish your education, that opportunity will be there waiting for you at the when the time is right. Um, and even without the draft there, there's still many other pathways to get to where you want to be. Um, and, you know, uh, Utah is certainly highlighting a different way of getting where you want to be um, with an entryway to, to, to Major League Rugby. And for that, you know, it's, an, it's, it's what we want. We want as many doors opened for rugby players to reach higher levels of success here on home soil. Most definitely. I, the good old phrase that you want to plant seeds uh, for trees that you will never see grow. That's what we want is to have absolute forests for here in rugby especially here in utah uh that maybe we never see the fruits of that labor but it doesn't matter it grows rugby well you're a servant to rugby and we appreciate that and before we go any farther we want to be able to remind you as our viewers tuning in that you can continue to enjoy more content just like this by following us under the handle at rugby rant pod on all of our social media platforms continuing to enjoy us of course on our home at the rugby network but more importantly you can continue to enjoy this interview with myself rob and nick collings from of course the utah warriors as we could venture further into the talk of the utah warriors what's to come more about this in a moment when we see you at our new home at patreon.com under the handle at rugby rant pod for the rest of you we'll continue to be able to provide new content each and every week thank you for your support and we will catch you at the next
so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.